So it's called The Science Podcast. And these are a, a couple of atheists that run this podcast. So I thought you'd be interested to hear what they say. This is only one little bit, so it's like it's over half an hour, and I couldn't play you the whole thing because I'd have to have so many beeps in it bleeping out uh, the expletives. Because you can't pray in this shit's a space. This week's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by pastors who end up being more of a leaking dick whistle than an actual pastor who gives a shit about his congregation. We are starting out very aggressive this week yeah you're you're really you're coming in really strong right now but <laughs> but i think <laughs> that too hard? can we sh- no can we try i that think again? you want to do that again <laughs> or do you want to just go well, for it we, we can try it again uh but, is, but is there, there was a hold on is there a better is there a more polite way to say it i don't think so it's awful no so no i also don't i also don't know what a leaking dick whistle is but now i'm both aroused and interested i'm not gonna google it though i'm not gonna google it but go ahead oh my god can you imagine no i don't i don't want to because i I, am typing that into google right now that's a really really i think dark place of the internet and no one should go there when i typed it into google it Mm -hmm. said did you mean making duck whistle (laughs) uh that is yes i think you did (laughs) decidedly not uh, a leaking dick whistle. For. No, no, but, but nobody needs that in their lives. A leaking dick whistle. Um, but something, something shitty happened that you're referring to. Yeah, there's a, a, kinder, a kindergarten teacher in Modesto, California, named Jamie Toll, uh, was convinced by her pastor to go off her bipolar disorder medications uh, because the pastor and his wife said that the medication was a gateway drug to the devil. Hmm. Jesus Christ. So this woman ends up going off her meds, and uh, I, I'm not, I, I think it was a, a missing for a few days, uh, and they end up finding her severely sunburned. I have to assume pretty close to dying because she was unable to move, but yeah. she had been drinking water out of a cow trough and eating insects to survive because that's evidently is a better outcome than being on life-saving mental health medication that actually you know treats disorders as opposed to uh you know leading because she was what she was trying to do was go to i think yosemite national park um and i think she got maybe like a mile away and and maybe got lost or you know you know, she she may not even know. Uh, she might not because holy you know, shit, she what, was what in, happened because yeah. she was not she was not her at that point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, that's it's natural. It's what God intended. So, who are we to judge? Right. Better than the devil. Right. Who wants a gateway right, drug to the devil? Satan. Yeah. Like some of these stories don't even seem real, but this is the world that we live in, and every day nothing really seems real. And everything is meaningless and nothing matters. And here we are doing a podcast because why not? Well, and, and really that's an example of one, <laughs> one of many examples of the harm religion does because of course the basic underlying premise of religion is that you are broken and you have to be saved from the awful things God will do to you if you don't like God as much as he likes you, even though he made you in the first place. So, you know, if you're gay, well, we have conversion therapy. If you're trans, uh, that's clearly a mental health disorder. And if you're a woman, well, uh, you, if you're not cranking out as many kids as you possibly can uh, in raising them to be good Christians, you are uh, a complete failure. So uh, why even try doing anything but i mean religion is not about being happy with who you are it's a 
and definitely not about being a good person. Again, uh, evidenced by our uh, Dick Whistle of the Week. Ooh, that's an idea. Dick for Whistle segment. of the Week. Dick Whistle of the Week. Oh, and we will. There, <laughs> there's a plethora of people to choose from. It's it's every week. Uh, not unlike God of the Week, we will never run out of Dick Whistle. Religion. No. Yeah, religion is about doing everything that you can to make this insufferable tyrant of a deity happy because you're an evil person who always has to be fixed and you should feel bad. Yeah, we really, really came in with the fire on this one. This was just, <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone's not offended and is still listening, <laughs> you can you can introduce us now before we just get into right. and, you know, I, a lighthearted discussion it's, it's of one of those... um, Islam later with Armin and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> right, so uh, it's, yeah, it's going to get it, better before it gets worse, maybe. Or worse yeah, before maybe. it gets better, whatever. But, yeah, that, I bad. mean, that was one that I actually had to write out because uh, that's my... Alarm letting me know what time it is. How about that? I should have turned that off before we start <laughs> recording. That's all right. This is this is raw. This is just this is us living this is our raw, lives. Raw, uncut. <laughs> We're in, and hopefully by next week we'll have have a new editor or have a editor because right now it's mm-hmm. it's me and I'm too lazy to go back and uh, remove that moment because that's genuine. That's raw. That's 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 what this we is bring us. to you here. The thousands of you that that listen each week. Uh, that, I mean, we're still trying to figure out why. Uh, why, but yeah. at any rate, uh, thank you for listening <laughs> to the Science Enthusiast podcast, and we're sorry. My name is Dan Brobit. As always, I'm joined by my what does it say? I wasn't uh, I'm, wasn't I'm, reading I witty and charming witty. friend Natalie. Yeah. See, I was I was going off of muscle memory on that one because yeah, no, I'm muscle. I'm bringing the the good stuff this week. I'm I'm witty and charming. I'm not just all right. <laughs> I put I put there it in the go. Google Doc and therefore it is it is what I am so you know yeah yeah the Google Doc is law so it it <laughs> Google law Google law I, I was trying to think of a of a Sharia law no uh, it's just Google law there, but I I couldn't I couldn't make it that's okay so I couldn't make it work so instead of us just continuing to banter for do you want me to do a God of the week hour and a half how about we do a God of the week all right I'll do uh, this is a super quick God of the week so this is this God of the week is the Incan goddess of health and happiness. And and I kind of think in drugs, too, because of the way the story goes. And the name of the goddess is... No. Yeah. The name of the goddess There's is There's no way is drugs Mama. are involved with any... Listen. Okay. Listen. Just, okay. just get ready. Okay? Coco Mama is the name of the goddess. <laughs> so, like, I just thought it was so fucking ridiculous. Not to be confused with Sugar Mama right. or with... <laughs> but this is Coco. So this one... Like all the other goddesses, it seems like she was a just very much a sought after woman. Um, all of her suitors wanted to be her, you know, one and only. And they didn't want to share her. They didn't want to move on and find another lady. So they they did the practical thing that this group of dudes would do when they all want the same woman. They cut her in half. Literally cut right. her in half, and so what um, follows is which, total, which, it's totally. Which do we know? Logical. Did they go horizontal or vertical? I, you know, I wondered that, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what makes more sense. Maybe, maybe a vertical slice. Maybe. I, I don't See, know. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. There, there are pros and cons to both ways. There are. But that's a topic of another podcast. It is. So, so, anyways, this is this is totally logical. What happens? Um. So she gets cut in half, and then. Just magically, because I don't know, she got turned into the first cocoa plant or coca plant or whatever, um, because this Cacao. is science. 
cacao? Would it be the cacao plant? That's how that's how so David Wolf pronounces it. So I, I okay. Don't, I don't know. So so she is an octave of the sun, then, right? I, that's that is by David Wolflaw. She she is an octave. Yeah. So are aliens. Right. So here's the thing. So and from Carl this, Carl Sagan is a liar. Oh. Don't diss my man. But so from, <laughs> from this point forward, men, like, they were rewarded with, with leaves from, the, from this plant. What, what, let's call it the cacao plant. Sure. They're rewarded with leaves from the plant that they can chew on, but only after they've satisfied their sexual partner. So I think the leaves were like drugs, right? So they gave some kind of pleasurable stimulant response, but they were like a reward for... For, I guess, giving a lady an orgasm or a dude or whoever, you know, what, I don't know. So these gods really liked their sex and drugs. I guess this was like the first version of kind of what people having a cigarette after sex or something. They got to chew on some leaves. I don't know. So the Incans, like they knew how to get down and maybe Ken Ham and the Christians can learn a few things from them. Well, there's, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's the, the coca, coca plant, C-O-C-A mm-hmm. plant uh, in South America is what cocaine is made out of. So that's what it is. So, so that's what they chewed. They chewed on the leaves. And so they got a little, little bit high after they, they had sex, I guess. I mean, cool. But but the poor lady that had to get or goddess that had to get cut in half for this to happen, like she didn't win out in this really. But she's a goddess, so she could. I don't. I don't. But know. but she's not. It but totally happened. It totally happened. It. But she's a goddess, but clearly not immortal or anything cool like that because she got cut in half and turned into a plant. That fucking sucks. I I I don't want that life. But you know. Whatever. This happened. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> All right, we are thrilled to welcome Armin Nababi to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. Armin is a former Muslim from Iran and the founder of Atheist Republic, author of Why There Is No God, and co-host of the podcast Secular Jihadists from the Middle East. Welcome, Armin. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I know we've been like wanting to do this with you for a while, so glad that we are finally, you know, getting to sit down and talk to you. Absolutely. So, so um, we're going to start, and we kind of were talking a little bit before we came on air because we kind of want to hear your your story, um, your journey from. Muslim to atheist into all you're doing now. But before we get started with that, um, as I was thinking about this podcast and preparing for it, I went to your um, your Twitter page and I noticed your pinned tweet of, oh, yeah. of your mom. And just to get some context for for Iran and, you know, kind of what you grew up in, um, there's a before and after picture of your mom on on Twitter before and after the Islamic Revolution in Iran. So can you kind of just give a little overview to set the stage of what that was and where Um, you're coming from? Yeah, well, my parents were born before the revolution in Iran, so they they saw it go through. Um, I was born in 1983, so when I was born, it all all had, had happened. But we... The Iranians that were born in liberal families like me, we have always been told about how bad, how, you know, 
how wrong they were to participate in the revolution, how good it was before the revolution, but to be fair, they sometimes exaggerate that because of the amount of regret that they have for the revolution. But this is the experience that um, people like me from in liberal families have, right? Many people might, uh, many, and here's the thing, when you talk to a lot of Iranians in the West, they usually are from the upper class uh, liberal demographic that come from Iran. And they might, they usually, represent Iran as if, as if it's more liberal than it actually is sometimes because they are they live in their own social bubbles in upper Tehran or in like a liberal part of Shiraz and stuff but when I and when when I talk to them and or westerners talk to them here there a lot of them sometimes mention that actually Iran is very liberal and everything goes that's just a government that is very religious but a lot of you know, statistics actually show that many Iranians are religious and the experience of people that live in these more liberal communities in Iran does not really reflect the entire country. And um, I think that when I say that, a lot of Iranians get upset with me because they have this um, religious uh, image of Iran in the West that they're trying to fix. And I'm saying, well, statistics shows otherwise, and your your experience with life of Iran it was just your social bubble that you lived in, right? Um, but anyways, but my mom was actually one of the people that was part of the protests against Shah. Um, but I remember she telling me the story that she was a nurse in a... I, I'll try to bring the screen share, if I can, of this picture that you're talking about. But she she told me that let me see here if I could do this there we go do you see it yeah yeah well okay all right so sorry for the people that are listening to this in the podcast but <laughs> but she was a so she was a nurse and she, I, I remember telling she telling us that when she, she when she was in the hospital and either on tv either it was showing the picture of Khomeini coming down the plane or it was of his speech in Behesh Zahra, one of these two. But when she was watching it along with other nurses in the hospital, she, she said something like, oh, we're fucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> and all the, other, all the other nurses around her started looking at her, and some of them were really angry. And the next day when she came back to the hospital, they had this banner up, and they had names on it, and her name was on it as well. And on top of it, it was saying, the whores of the West. And it had all their names right on there, and yeah, so that was that was the beginning. At, at that time, hijab was so still it started like, out on a good foot, is what, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, as long as we're all on the same page here. Yeah, the the cracking down hadn't has uh, had not started at that point yet, right? So, I mean, even hijab was not mandatory right at the beginning. But when they started introducing hijab, the woman didn't let go, didn't you know, didn't give up that easily, right? I mean. I didn't know about this until I came to Canada, right? They, 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 they didn't tell us about this, but there was a march of thousands of women protesting against the mandatory hijab. Even hijabi women were protesting against mandatory hijab. They're like, you can't force people. So, and, it was, and I, when I'm watching the videos of these protests, I'm like, this is such a big deal. These are, there are hundreds of thousands of them. Nobody told us about this. It's amazing, and it almost made me choke up when I watched it. The, and the, 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 and a lot of the 
chants that they were making during the protests, they, you know, it made me realize how a lot of the progressive values that we fight for, day, for, them, for today, they're not new at all. Because a lot of the things that they were saying seemed very progressive and very, you know, it seems it seems like stuff that we're still fighting for, right? It, one one thing that they kept on chanting over and over again, and it really, it, it really felt like to go in the face of them. What a lot of cult cultural relativists here try to advocate for was, they well, they said. It's not Eastern, it's not Western. Freedom is global. And they were basically responding to the accusation of these women being puppets of the West. And th this chant was supposed to be saying that freedom is not from the West. Freedom is a, is a global concept. Another chant that they were, kept on saying is like, we didn't, we didn't do this revolution so, so that we could go backwards. So they were saying that we were trying to improve things. You're taking things back. So it was amazing to watch. And, 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 you know, and my mom got arrested once, actually. My mom got arrested uh, once because her hijab was red, which was too colorful. Ooh. And at, yeah, right now in Iran, colorful hijabs are common, right? But at, at the beginning of the revolution, that was tempting, too tempting to men, right? So she got arrested, and she had to go to um, mandatory lectures for for being purified and being told how to be properly Muslim. And this lecturer, this lady was telling her, why would you do this? Why would you do this to our young men that have sacrificed so much for this country? Why would you try to corrupt them like this? And my mom responded, no, no, you don't understand. My hijab was read in honor of the blood that they have sacrificed. <laughs> so, so she was trying to out bullshit them. <laughs> that was good. Did it work? No, she well, it didn't work. She had to still go to the lectures, but but it was. She tried. Good. She tried. That's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. She tried. Yeah. I like I mean, your mom. I, I, and, I like. Your and that's mom. essentially that's essentially how how dare you threaten these men to not rape you? Like how what what are you thinking about doing right now? Yeah. Well, what they say is not just it's not just, it's not that it's not that they're trying to. Um, stop rape. Uh, what they're trying to do is to stop, because even think temptation and thinking about these things is a corruption already. It's a mm -hmm. sin, right? So even if nothing happens, you already have corrupted the minds of the of young men just by them being attracted to you. Just by existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, I, when I became an atheist, eventually I managed, well, actually... Mm, all right, so my mom died as an atheist, right? Um, but you know, when she when she got cancer, I couldn't go see her in Iran because I I wrote a book on why there is no God, and I started Atheist Republic, right? Yeah. Um, and I I wanted to go see her, but she said like, don't want my mem last memory of you to be. Uh, on you being on Depro, right? Mm -hmm. And she said that she didn't, she didn't want to die without seeing me, right? So she she decided to come to Canada, right? But the doctors told her that there's she she should not by any means leave the hospital, and she said, "I don't care. 
I, I don't want to die without saying goodbye to my son. So she did leave the hospital and she came to Vancouver, Canada. And, you know, because, she, and, you know, in, in, in Iran, she, she already had, was being taken care of here. She came and she was on a waiting list for a long time and she, she died soon after. But, but she, she did say that, she did tell me that it's okay because she just, she was going to die anyways. She just didn't want to die without, without her family being next to her. So, but she did die much earlier than she had to, I think, because of it. So, she's now uh, buried in Vancouver. Um, but yeah, and and she she made my dad promise her that when he goes back to Iran, there will be no Islamic ceremonies or prayers for her, which which is custom in Iran, right? And my dad said that there were three attempts, three different attempts at that, and because, but because I promised her that that would not happen, I managed to successfully cancel all three. But people so, kept on trying to do it again and again. But, she, but he said, no, she asked me not to let this happen, and she stopped them. So she made sure. She, was, she yeah. laid down the law and, <laughs> and made it like, known. I don't want any Ruzakhuni <laughs> from, from me after that. Make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, uh, what? Was your mom an atheist before you were an atheist? No. Do you think? No. No, no, not at all. No. No. Um, yeah, my, um, no, my brothers, I mean, my, well, they didn't practice Islam, but they believed in God. All of them yeah. believed in God. I mean, everybody who, like, who doesn't believe in God in their mind? Like, of, of course there's a God, right? Like, of course. Yeah, these mullahs, yeah, like, they're always like, of course these mullahs and these religious people are lunatics, but... But God, come on, there's God, right? So when I did become an atheist, I did manage to, I mean, they asked me about it. I mean, it, and it was a pretty easy sell, I think, for, for me, because they were, I think they were both, they were pretty smart, right? So, and they got my, I'm, well, I don't want to talk about some people, but I'll talk about my mom because nobody can, nobody can get to my mom anymore. So I can tell publicly that she's, she was an atheist. And so for you, you were saying before when we were talking that you were pretty religious yourself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when I, I became very religious, I, I, mean, I mean, logically, if there's a God, you have to be very religious. It didn't make any sense to me that people weren't religious. I was just, I was just being logical. Of course. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but my parents hated it because I kept on trying to make them pray, tried to make them fast. I was like, you're going to go to hell. I was trying to. And they were so annoyed with me. In fact, when I eventually came out as an atheist to them, their first reaction was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's about like he's going to stop bothering us now. <laughs> right, <laughs> he's yeah. going to leave us alone. They're like, they have this besiege in their house. Besiege is like the Iranian... <laughs> Uh, religious police, right? And like we have one twenty four seven in our house, which is really annoying. But honestly, I don't. I mean, I still think I was I was very logical about this. I mean, how could you think that the creator of the whole universe wrote this book, and this is his word, word by word, everything he says is coming from him. And you're reading Harry Potter. I've never read the Quran. <laughs> like, yes, that's the word of God, but I've never read it. Like, really, wouldn't you want to know what the creator of the freaking universe has to tell you? Right? Yeah. Or like, or praying, right? Like, 
if I came to you and I said, I don't know, I have the president of so-and-so country on the line and he wants to talk to you, you probably would take it, right? Yeah. And like, well, the creator of the universe has given you the opportunity to talk to him five times a day. And you guys are like, you know, none of you are taking the environment that I grew up in. Nobody was doing that, right? And like, how could people not do this? This is like the most important. Everybody around me seemed to be more worried about their grades, their career, you know, what they're going to be wearing at the next party, if they can afford this car or not, the paint on the wall. But nobody seemed to be caring about their eternal life after this one, which includes the possibility of burning forever. Like, hello, you all believe in that? Nobody seems to be doing anything to try to avoid going there. <laughs> Anybody? Like, and, and then when I ask people about it, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to end up there. Like, well, are you sure? I mean, even the remote possibility of it, isn't it enough for you to try to make sure that you're not going to be tortured forever? Nobody right, seems like, to be caring about that. Why would you even, like, chance it and roll the dice for even once for one day? Exactly. Actually, this is why this is why I try to make sure I'm not taking any chances. Because here's the thing. I found a loophole in the system. And I took advantage of it. But I wasn't successful. But here's the thing. <laughs> the... So here's the loophole in the system that I don't know why nobody, I didn't know then, it was surprising me then, and it surprised me still today that nobody took advantage of this loophole, right? So we were told that, there, you know, children don't sin. Sin is for adults, right? So um, based on our teachings, um, you don't, there's no, your sins don't start counting until you hit the age of reason. So the age of reason. So you have like these angels around you, but... They only start, one of them, I think, records your sins. The other one records the brownie points. But um, but they start recording it only after you hit the age of reasons because it's unreasonable to expect a child to know right and wrong. It's not like Christianity when you have original sin. So right? so whenever whenever a child has matured. Well, yes. And for us, they said that for girls that age is nine. I was going to say, it has to be nine, right? Yeah, it has to be pretty young still. How is it not nine? That's, that's where we really... <sighs> But for boys, it's 15. How convenient. Boys, yeah. it's 15. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you, and, you, got, like, you got extra years compared to the yeah, girls. But they tried to sell this as us, to us as if Islam was pro-women because they said, like, look, this means that in Islam, they think women mature are fast, faster, like at a younger age, right? <laughs> Late, I, but, but later I realized that has more to do with the age of marriage more than their belief on who gets smarter fast right because they just want yeah. girls should be available faster but anyway <laughs> right i was gonna say so, just after the fact he's like oh shit how old was she oh she was nine yeah nine, nine. that's uh that's what we're gonna go with that's the age of uh that's the age of reason uh, well, i yeah at, well, at nine yeah, at nine that, years old i had the whole world figured out i mean i know i'm a woman i know that was when i just yeah i knew it all that comes from yeah. aisha and everything but 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 yeah but I, but uh so Besides that, when I re so I basically said, okay, so anything I do before age 15 is not a sin. So you're pure, you're a masoom before age 15. So if you die before age 15, the only place you could go is heaven, right? So children, if they die, they go to heaven, right? Suicide is a sin in Islam, but guess what? Not if you do it before age 15, right? So I said... I can kill myself 
and guarantee heaven to myself. I want to make sure that I got this right because we're talking about eternity here, right? So I went to talk, I went to, talk to my religion teachers and I asked them, why wouldn't I just kill myself to make sure I don't go to hell? And they told me, well, because if you don't earn heaven, you're going to go to the lowest part of heaven, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so he- heaven has many uh, layers, right? The, the best part is for... Heaven martyrs. is like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> so many layers. Yeah. So the the elite heaven is for martyrs, where Muhammad, and they go where Muhammad is, right? And they don't even have to wait for Qiyamah or the judgment day. They, when they die, they go straight away to heaven, right? They get a um, express pass. So, so um, I okay, I I. The, so the only reason was that you, if you earn heaven as an adult you go to a better part of heaven instead of just dying as a child. Dying as a child would just earn you the lowest part of heaven. I, th- I thought to myself, I just, I just don't want to go to hell. I don't give a shit which part of heaven I go. I actually, when I was a kid, I actually tried this. I actually uh, light up a match and I put it on my skin to see how much it hurts. And then I imagined that all over my body for years and years and years. I, like nobody could, nobody could tolerate that, right? And... I was like, I just want to make sure I, that doesn't happen to me. You know, even a parking lot for eternity is better than than, <laughs> than burning, right? So anything's better. Anything is better. So and and yes, maybe you're gonna go to a better part of heaven if you tried. But it, this just seems like the dumbest gamble of all time. Why would I? Why would I take the chance just for because I'm greedy for a better part of heaven? No, not going to hell is good enough. So. At age, at around 12, I jumped out of my school window. I broke both oh. my legs. I broke my, I broke my left hand, and I damaged my back. I was in a wheelchair and my bed for around seven months. I missed one year of school. And the only reason why I didn't try it again was that I saw what it did to my parents, right? My mom went insane. I saw my dad cry for the very first time. That was really... That was very traumatic, and and you know just seeing what it, they became very depressed, and and you know I tried to sell it as an accident, but they could tell it was not an accident, especially because I took my watch off and gave it to my friend before I did it, so that was a big telltale sign. So they kept on sending me to. They thought I had. I never. They thought I had depression issues. I didn't have any depression issues. I just didn't want to go to hell. Right. My life was pretty good. I was and had no complaints about my life. In fact. The depression started after they kept on sending me to, di- to different um, shrinks and stuff to keep analyzing me because they kept on trying to figure out why I jumped and I kept on trying to tell them that I didn't jump because suicide is seen as such a taboo thing in Iran as this like you're, you know, like a nut job, right? Uh, if you have psychological, so, you, know, you know, psychological problems in the East are seen as much more shameful than here like people like people here you know as soon as you fight with your wife you go see a, you know cancel which is good which is healthy right but over there if you go see somebody for mental issues then you're you're not right so there's a stigma attached would, to it there there's a stigma yeah. attached to it right so i tried to convince them that i i didn't jump it was an accident but nobody bought that um so yeah but but once i got hit age 15 i was like okay this shit i need to take it seriously this game that nobody asked me if I want to play or not, and the consequences seem to be so, you know, binary. 
right? If there's no in-between, you either go to the best place you could ever imagine or the worst fucking place you could ever imagine. There's no in-between for people that are kind of okay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I have to play this game and the consequences are so huge. So I have to make sure I, I, I pray, I fast, and I thought, okay, I could do this. But here's the thing, though. I started reaching the age where boys might, at that time, start thinking about stuff that they're not supposed to be thinking about. And for my case, it was girls, right? And the problem with the God concept, the God, the, the God as a tyrant, is that he's the worst tyrant of all, because he's not just a tyrant of your actions, he's also a tyrant of your thoughts. So you know that you're sinning, and God can see that you're sinning when this, when disgusting, quote-unquote, disgusting thoughts come to your mind, and you feel so ashamed, right? If you, if you believe in God, and you see the creator of the universe that has given you so many things, has gifted you with a good family, with eyes that could see, with hands that could hold, with comfortable life and safety, and you pathetic, disgusting little kid can't even control your thoughts to not think about such horrible things, shame on you, and you beg for forgiveness, and you say, I'm sorry, it will not happen again, but you're a teenager going through teenage stuff, obviously, it didn't help that every day that I had to go to school, the girls' school, oh, by the way, it also doesn't help that boys and girls are separated, right, so girls are just like, you know, this thing that is, you know, when you see you have no experience, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you always think like you, when, the, the fact that you're separated, it makes, makes it even tougher to deal with, right? And every day when you're going to school, the, the, they, they didn't design this very well because the only way to get to my school was go through a lot of girls, right? That were <laughs> trying to get to their, and I had my, and my eyes low, look at the ground and always say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, make sure you're not sitting and like, don't look, don't look. And don't bring your eyes up. And you just go through all these girls and then you get to your school, right? And, and it's just, it, and, and here's the thing. I'm a, every time I think I've, I felt, had a disgusting thought, which is not disgusting, but at the time I thought it was disgusting. I was so ashamed. I begged for forgiveness and I said it would never happen again and it would happen again. But at least I had the luxury of telling myself one day I will get married and I will, you know, repent for my past sins and because I'm married, I could do whatever I want and everything will be okay. But guess, guess, what if I was gay, right? Yeah. Well, then, they have they have buildings for that, don't they? Well, no, in Iran they hang you. But oh, okay. <clears throat> but well, I meant buildings to throw you off of. Yeah, no, that's that's ISIS. But okay, yeah. So in in Iran they have hanged a lot of people for simply being gay, which is right. I think the numbers estimate these are really rough estimates, but the known rough estimates are around three thousand so far. But but even if you never you're never discovered, right? And you believe in these things. Imagine what you think about yourself, right? And imagine going through that trauma all your life and being disgusted with who you are, being disgusted with your identity. You know, with your identity and being ashamed of yourself all your life. Imagine the trauma that you have to go through. You know, when people talk about the cost of Islam or religion, you usually think about wars and terrorist attacks and bombs here and there, but they never think about these added 
trauma or bad experiences or the miseries that women, gay and gay women, the transgender people, and even straight men and other people and minorities, all these, even people that don't get captured or killed or discriminated, these things that imagine people that have, that have never suffered but have wasted their entire life to this delusion that they could have spent on something more meaningful made themselves more happy in a, in a more better way. If you add up all these costs together, I think it will end up being more than even the misery from, you know, what, what, gets, what gets on the news, uh, you know, often. I think the cost of religion is way more than things that people usually point to, and it's a lot more subtle, and if you add it all up, it adds up to a lot, a lot of pain. I think that that's a really good point, that it's the kind of the sum total of all of these internal struggles that people are dealing with and can't openly express. And I mean, I think that that's one of the great things about what you have built with Atheist Republic is the fact that you can provide a community for people who are struggling in places where they they can't receive that support. I mean, and, and I really, and like Dan and I have talked many times about how fortunate we are to have just kind of grown up kind of Catholic in America and have parent like parents who, I mean, my parents kind of enjoy that I do this, which is weird and hilarious, but, but how the privilege that comes with not having that internal struggle that yeah. so many people around the world have to deal with. So I think that that's a really good point that you bring up, that it's not just wars, it's internal wars, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, actually that, this is, that was the, that's how it actually the whole atheist republic concept started because when I was um, when I became an atheist eventually in Iran, uh, I didn't know any other atheists. I was the only atheist I knew, but the only other atheists that I've heard of, and these were the atheists that were introduced to us in our religion class, were Stalin and Freud. So the sum total of the atheist world that I knew about was myself, Stalin, and Freud. And you can, you can tell why they introduced those two to us, because they were basically trying to show you godless, godlessness will either get you, I don't know, uh, Stalin, or it gets you sexual perversion. That, that was basically their yeah. point. Uh, <laughs> so, One or the so, other, that's it. Take your pick, if, if you dare yeah. to go down that road. Yeah. And when I decided that this whole God thing is probably a con, I thought to myself, am I really that arrogant to think that I have figured out something that nobody around me has seemed to figure that out? Like, are, Armin, are you really that yeah. full of yourself to think that? That you're so smart that you figure this thing out and nobody around you seems to have figured this out. It's something that you think it seems pretty obvious, right? I like, maybe there's something wrong with me that I... And these people are seeing something obvious, and I'm just I'm just cuckoo or something, right? So I went on this website called Orcut. This is before Facebook was a thing, right? Uh, Orcut was a social network website by Google, and it was only popular in some countries. It was popular in Iran. It was popular in Brazil. I think at that time in the United States, people were mostly on MySpace. But I went on Orcut, and I started this community for Iranian atheists, and um, I didn't think much would come of it, but then very soon it got like 300 members. And we couldn't believe that we exist. 
So, so many people, when, when they join, people would often comment, there's so many of you out there. Like, I thought I was crazy. And like, I thought I was crazy too, right? <laughs> and a lot of people were like, I thought I was the only one. And they're like, no, I, I thought, I was so good. It felt like, hey, maybe I'm not crazy, right? And then we shared our reasons, why we think like that. And like, are, my reasons were different. And like, oh, yeah, you have also a good point. I didn't think about that. And we kept on like, yeah, and we kept on sharing ideas. And like, that was so interesting. You know, I left Islam not because I had a problem with Islam. I left Islam because I couldn't find any reason for God, right? But yeah. So, and then people started questioning the verses in the Quran because I think a lot of their path to atheism was not similar to mine. Theirs was a lot, a lot of them because they picked up the Quran and read it and they were like, what the fuck? So <laughs> that was, that. but my, my path to atheism was like, why, when did I decide that there is a God? Like, how did I, like, you know... At what point do we all just agree that this thing is real? Like, and I was like, so, so I, I went to a hunt for evidence and I couldn't find any. And when I, when I was studying the history of religion, it seemed like this whole thing was an obvious man-made concept. And I was like, how could anybody read this book and not see this, right? So that was my path to atheism, not having any evidence for God. But then I saw other atheists coming to atheism through other ways. But, and then we shared our... And, I thought to myself that you know this this is this is, is probably happening in many other places, right? Like there's probably some atheists in Pakistan right now thinking that they're the only atheists in their community or somewhere else. I like we need to I need to make it so I made Atheist Republic, which was not location specific, and then eventually it became the largest online atheist platform in the world. With right now with one million seven hundred thousand followers worldwide. Which is amazing, just that that many people. But it shows that it's needed, and it shows that it's a desired thing. For and that's I think the beauty of social media is the fact that people can connect in a way that they haven't in the past, right. and and find that camaraderie and people that that get them. And I think that's so important. Um, and I I mean I'm sure I'm, I think sometimes we you guys post messages that you've received to your page of people who are struggling right with yes can you can you kind of speak to that and how that feels to to be that person that, that people are talking to and reaching out to well i mean I, I feel very i feel so sad that we can't do more right now the only thing we can do is to show their message to other people but i mean what else can we do right now right yeah. um I mean, we need to f first make people care before we could make we could make people start taking actions, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, especially in these countries that people consider too religious to do anything about, right? And I like they're not. What the hell are you talking about? These countries had atheism and secular activism in them before the United States was even a country, right? A lot of p people dismiss countries like Iran, Saudi Arabia, or Pakistan, Bangladesh, like way too religious for us to have any hope for these countries, right? Yeah. But when we take the stories of people in Bangladesh, in Saudi Arabia, and in Iran, the struggles that they have to go through, and we share them, it's harder for people to, to just dismiss these people, right? Yeah. Because, it's you know, human rights are global. Freedom is global, right? We shouldn't have higher standards for ourselves in Canada and United States than we have for people over there, right? We should want the same things for them. 
sucks. And if you say like, well, this is their culture, well, that's a fucking shitty culture. If that's a, sh- <laughs> you know, if your culture it makes women inferior, if your culture involves hanging gay people, that's a culture that needs to fucking die, right? You can't just call things culture and demand that it stays just because it's a culture. Fuck that culture, right? But and here's the thing: this is a, and this and a lot of people say, "Well, I don't understand those communities. I don't understand those. You know, I understand our local our United States or Canada. That's why I could speak to." You know what? You don't have to understand them. You could bring, you could highlight the people that are from there, right? You could do, you could do what you guys are doing. You're inviting ex-Muslims on your podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. You invited Yasmin. You invited Faisal. Faisal, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you could do. You could bring them on your YouTube channel, on your blog, have them guest write. You could give a voice to the people that have been robbed of of their voices. We in here are enjoying the luxury of freedom of speech. The least we could do is lend it to the people that don't, right? Yeah, I mean, and you and you see stories come up like, was it last week that um, a group of atheists in Malaysia took a selfie? And yeah, holy shit, can right. you talk a little bit about what happened there? Because these are things that, these are stories that come to us just through our Facebook feeds or, you know, friendly atheist covering it or something like that. And it's amazing to think that this is what happens in other right, yeah. countries. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about so, that? Yeah. So Atheist Republic has consulates in many different cities. And we call these consulates because we're like a republic. So these, these groups yeah. will also be consulates. So, so basically what these consulates are, they're, not, they're basically just hangouts, right? They're just basically, mm-hmm. we made a community for every city and we basically promote it on our main page. And we get people in every city to... Um, get together online and 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 basically plan hangouts where they meet face to face right because one thing we want because you know we had this so we have our public page but we also have the largest uh, private group which with 70,000 members on Facebook right, for atheism and a lot of times we notice like somebody comes from Manila Philippines and says like hey I'm an atheist from Manila is it are there any atheists from Manila here and then he would get 150 comments I like <laughs> and everybody like holy shit there's so many atheists around me I didn't know so yeah. we decided to make groups dedicated for each city so that people could meet atheists around them and not know that they're not that not only they're not alone there's actually so many of them in every city, and it was so. Much, and once people got together, we we came up with this idea to get a picture of yourself and send it to us, and we'll promote your consulate on the main page every time you do that. And we got so many pictures of so many different consulates with the Aces Republic sign, and we send it to it. And whenever we post these, we get so many messages of support, and you know, in, you know, so many encouraging comments and. They, the concept, the members in the cities loved it because they were always ashamed and you know ostracized for being atheists. But now we have this large community of people saying like, "Yeah, go, you know, good job for you know being open and good job for finding each other." And it was so heartwarming, right? But all of a sudden, the, these people from Kuala Lumpur, they in Malaysia, they saw that these councillors were doing, it and they're like, we can, "We're going to do the same thing." And they had a hangout, and they they. They, they took a picture, which was such a beautiful picture of all of them smiling and having fun. And they asked us to post it on the page, which 
we make sure we ask for everyone's permission. The only person I think that we couldn't get a permission from, you see a piggy face on his face. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think, <laughs> so um, we made sure that everybody consented and they said post this and we posted it and they got a different reaction. And the reaction that they got was they, they got noticed by these Muslims in Malaysia and these Muslim bloggers and they started shaming them and then the death threats start coming in and then the people kept on asking isn't the penalty for apostasy uh, death in islam people were like where are these people we need to find them and it, it went this reaction went viral eventually it got you know honestly i never thought in malaysia of all places they it would go to this level to, for the i mean a lot of people are pointing my ignorance when, when i say this well consider me educated but <clears throat> when eventually I got to this minister, and he said when he when when he saw this, his reaction, and this is not an exaggeration of what he said, right? This is not us trying to overdramatize what what is mm -hmm. happening. He said, "We need to hunt down these atheists. We need to hunt them down." That's what he said, right? And the, yeah. Imagine the level of stress that these people in this picture go through because they have no idea what that means and what's going to happen to them, right? And there's this, the police was knocking at the door. One of the, contacted one of the people in the picture, but before it got, I'm hoping that right now I haven't heard. So we got so much news coverage on this to make to try to signal to the officials in Malaysia that we're going to make this a fucking PR nightmare for Malaysia if it keeps on this. Because you are always, you and Indonesia, Malaysia and Indonesia, are always shown to the rest of the world that, look, Islam could be moderate as well. Look at these Muslim countries. They're not so bad. That's just Saudi Arabia. That's just Pakistan. That's just Bangladesh. Look at these countries. They're not misbehaving. They're Muslim countries. Well, that moderate label that you seem to enjoy means nothing anymore, right? And we're going to make sure that, you, that, that Malaysia and the word moderate can never be used in the same sentence again if you ever touch any of our members, right? And, you know, so many people spread the story. Um, you know, Richard Dawkins tweeted it. Sam Harris did. Majid Nawaz did. It was covered so many, you know, and we were, but, and I think it got the message because there were some imams that came and said like, oh no, we shouldn't talk about it like this to atheists and stuff about atheists like this. So I think we got some good reaction out of it. But, but, but if this was about any other minority group, right? If, for example, somebody came out and said, we need to hunt down all the Muslims in our country or hunt down all the Jews in our country, or hunt down all the Christians in our country. This would be headline news. So we did get a lot of news coverage, but nothing compared to something like if a leader, if a world leader, if a minister of a country came out and said, we need to hunt down the Jews or hunt down mm -hmm. the Muslims, right? And I say this, and I'm not to suggest that we sh the reaction shouldn't be there. Obviously, if anybody comes and says, hunt down Muslims, there should be a huge reaction to that. But why are atheists not getting the same level of reaction? Why are we 
okay to discriminate against. Because there's less of you. And what are you going to do? Well, we have to get our shit together. We have to make the consequences a little bit bigger. That's why we have people like you and us and secular jihadists from the Middle East and all these other groups. We need to work together and we need to make sure that we are protecting each other because no one else is. And so, okay, so you, you mentioned secular jihadists. So how did how did you all decide to come together and, you know, I guess provide a podcast that, that wasn't out there before? So I first went to uh, Faisal and I told him it was going to be just me and him at first. I was like, do you want to start a podcast? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, but I'm, you know, but he said, I'm very busy. And like, don't worry, I'll make it as flexible. <laughs> I was to say, but yeah. I'm busy. He's going to be the next word. <laughs> I like, I'll make it as flexible as possible. And he said, okay, sounds cool. And I made a graphic of just the two of us first and I sent it to him and he was, he was happy. And then Yasmin came to us and she said, whatever you guys are doing, I want to be a part of it. And Faisal said, come join us. And he was like, okay, I want to add somebody too. Um, by the way, if Yasmin didn't join us, this whole thing would be not happening here, right? <laughs> because <laughs> she's what, awesome. <laughs> yeah, because she organized so many of the things that would have not happened if we wouldn't even have a single guest without her. <laughs> but <laughs> so, um, and then I was like, we need some star power, right? So I went to Ali, <laughs> and I was like, Ali, do you want to join our podcast? Ali was like, hell yeah. And I was like, oh, awesome. This is great. We have a, such a, and we are a pretty diverse team. So now we are, it's me from Iran. Ali is from Pakistan and Saudi Arabia. Um, Yasmin is from Canada with an Egyptian background. Faisal is from Iraq. So we're like ex-Shias, ex-Sunnis, different countries, different experiences. Um, so, and the, th the good thing about this, ex this podcast, and by the way, right now it's the only ex-Muslim podcast out there, right? Hopefully there will be more. But um, the good thing about uh, secular jihadists is that we don't agree, right? And in a lot of our episodes, you can see us fighting each other. And that's a great thing because you're not going to get one op opinion when you listen to a podcast. You're going to see a diverse opinion from different ex-Muslims based on their experience and their understanding of how things are, which is, I think, pretty good. So I so we um we asked friends if they had any questions and I, I kind of want to go go to a question um from our friend Nathan that has to do with um with criticizing Islam so so here's a question right. that that Nathan came up with so he said he's interested in hearing your perspective on why so many atheists slash secular humanists in Western countries often seem unwilling to criticize Islam um, he says is this less of a problem in the atheist community at large and more something that happens along political party lines. I mean, I guess really, like, do you see people un unwilling to criticize well, not, Islam? Well, not, not from ex-Muslims where I come from, but <clears throat> I mean, but I, mean, I think in the, in, in, in the United States, the, the right has a bigotry problem, right? Yes. And the, so the left wants to be as far from mm. that as possible. Yeah. So anything that r slightly resembles to what they are saying should be untouchable and taboo, right? And they are confusing. So the right 
you know, but I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying everybody on the right is a bigot, but they do have to accept that they have a bigotry problem, right? They have to know, they have to admit that, right? Uh, within their community. And admitting that will maybe help them fix it. But first part, first step is to admitting it. But the thing is that, so these bigots, um, and the thing with the atheist movement is that it's mostly people from the left. Hopefully, we would be more diverse by eventually, but many of the people from the atheist movement are from the left. And so the atheist movement, because it's very left-leaning uh, and because they don't want to be associated with the right, they want to step away from people that sound like the right. And the, the, bigots, the bigots on the right don't have an Islam problem. They have a Muslim problem, right? They, but we, we have a problem with Islam they don't really care about what these people believe in, because as long as they're, they're a certain color or coming from a certain country, mm-hmm. that's their issue with these people, right? Um, and, and the problem that we have with Islam is, is not the same as having a problem with Muslims, right? The main, the main victims of Islam are Muslim, right? Yeah. And, and even if they, if they weren't, Right, you know, the example usually people give is that just because I'm against cancer doesn't mean I'm against the cancer patient, right? And that's the, that's what we used to say, like just because we're against Islam doesn't mean we're against Muslims, right? But even if Muslims were not against uh, uh, victims of Islam, being wrong is not a crime, right? So I'm not gonna condemn people or see them as inferior just because I think they are wrong, right? I'm pretty sure I'm wrong about many things, right? And I appreciate people pointing them out to me, right? But if you're wrong, that doesn't mean that anybody should mistreat you because they think you're wrong about your world ideology. But you shouldn't expect others to also not point out that this is wrong, right? And pointing out that we think you're wrong should not be considered an attack on you personally, right? Especially when we don't force it on you. When you see our anti-Islam content, you have to come and find it because we are, pu- we are putting these on our platforms, on our ACS Facebook pages, Twitter accounts, books, yeah. podcasts, right? right? If you find my book offensive, guess what? Here's an easy solution. Don't, Don't read it. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Unfo- unfollow you on Twitter. Go away from the Facebook page. Like, yeah, it, and you, we, yeah. Yeah, and, and if you don't, know, if you, if you're seeing our Facebook content and you don't know how to block us, I will teach you how to block our page. <laughs> I literally did that last week. I took a video of myself unliking my page, and I said, "This is what you need to do." Yeah, you, you offer a tutorial. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, is of course, uh, but yeah, and go, kind of going back to what you said, like I don't, I don't know that it's so much. That I think the more rational uh, people that are we, wh- who we would classify on the left, uh, I think they they don't they absolutely don't want to be associated with you know the right and especially the the shit going on with the far right. But I think it's more for a lot of people, especially the f- further left we go, they they see they see a group of people who are at least in the U.S. Uh, absolutely treated poorly by a lot of people on the right. And I think I think even even more than more than anything else, they they see that and they just 
feel like they have to treat them with kid gloves, that they, they can do no wrong, that anything that they say or do, uh, it, you know, is, is my fault because I'm just a stupid white person who doesn't know any better. And look, they have this beautiful yeah. culture that because I think it's beautiful because it's somewhere else and I don't see. Yeah, the awful I, I, shit I've, that I've seen white people apologize for slavery. I, I ask them, do you own a slave? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm like, then why are you apologizing for slavery? I don't know. But. But yeah, but I mean, so to respond to that, actually, this makes part of the left responsible for Muslims being discriminated against, right? Because by silencing people that are not anti-Muslim, that could possibly have civil discussions with Muslims about religion, willing, the Muslims that are willing to, right? Not, not force them mm-hmm. to listen to you, right? By silencing that debate, by taking that platform away for people that could have had civil discussions with each other, you made the platform only available to bigots that are anti-Muslim instead of being anti-Islam. Trump, the disaster that is Trump (laughs) is a result of the PC culture that that a, a lot of the left is responsible for, right? Because you can't silence bullshit. If you try to silence bullshit, it will come back as a diarrhea and explode in your face, right? <laughs> if the the only way to silence bullshit is with good shit, okay? You have to <laughs> you have to fight bad ideas with good ideas. You can't silence people. You, and and you weren't silencing good bad ideas. You were silencing ideas. And you stole this platform from us. And a lot of people predicted this. You know, one person that predicted this was Sam Harris, right, before it happened. He's, he suggested that the, if you not let people like us speak, at some point the alt-right would be the only force against Islam. And you're going to be, you're going to see alt-right movements, you know, the rise. And people took that and accused him of saying, like, He's suggesting that he's supporting the alt-right. I'm like, no, that was not a support of the alt-right. That was a warning that this is what's going to happen. And guess what? He was right. And it happened. So you're saying it was so a warning in a sense that every like saying, well, this will happen if everybody doesn't come to, no, he, together he was, to criticize the ideology instead of he, the people. He, he was saying that if you remove if you take away the voice of well-meaning people that could have had several discussions with muslims you're basically making the only people with a voice against islam the alt-right you're going to make them the only voice that is heard you're going to you're going to make their movement grow faster because Mm -hmm. that's the only movement to go to when you're when you're looking for any force against islam if you're afraid if you don't know what this is should i be afraid or not those are the only people with a voice and this is why we started the secular jihadist podcast because we were we said like Oh, you know, the left is not giving us a platform. The right is giving us a platform, but we don't know the agenda. They, they seem to be having a different agenda for giving us a platform than what we want to do. What should we do? Like, fuck the left, fuck the right. Let's make our own platform, right? We don't, we don't, we shouldn't be waiting for people to giving us an audience. We we make we make our own audience, and that's why we made the secular judges from the Middle East. But I, I like that though, making making your own platform. Yeah, when you and have we, a, like an idea that you want to spread, and then that's probably an important thing because it it gave the four of you 
some control over your message and especially because we don't have sponsors right we have the Mm -hmm. good thing about platforms like this podcast that you're listening to or secular jihadists is that it's fan funded right and because it's fan funded we don't have to be worried about like a big sponsor all of a sudden pulling away or saying something that is too controversial we can say what we want to say right and we the only people that we are worried about is our fans those are the people that we are trying to reach out to right and 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 you know and this is why if you have a content provider that you like if you are listening to this podcast and you like you're a fan you have to consider uh the donating to them or if and if you can't afford it you could at least leave them a review right because you know youtube is deplatforming people and defunding demonetizing channels Mm -hmm. facebook keeps removing offensive uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about that yet. Now we... Oh yeah, so yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. So when people, yeah, but just my point is when you when you see content providers like this podcast that you're listening to make their own feed and you know support them because this is the future of speech, right? People not having to rely to others for a platform. So support the people that you are a fan of. But yeah, go on. Sorry, we're good. Dan, you were, were you going to bring up? Were you going to bring up his? Uh, well, yeah, because we we both. Like, I think, yeah. I, and both I think of, it was yeah, about the same same time and uh, a couple different times. I think for both of us, where uh, yeah. we we had our pages uh, unpublished by Facebook. So, um, yeah. of course, mine mine was I I think uh, a post regarding chicken nuggets, uh, which <laughs> is was. which is not the uh, secular was. fight. <laughs> Uh, that we're looking to fight here, uh, so we can kind of, kind of. Wait, what joking. was your post about? What, what was <laughs> oh, this vegan attacking? It, it was a Dan woman had... holding holding a chicken nugget and or a chicken, and, like a baby chicken, and then another one holding a chicken nugget, and it just said Transformation Tuesday, and I posted it on a Tuesday, and then um, from what I hear from uh, certain people is there were a lot of vegans that were upset about that, and took mm-hmm. somehow somehow took that as a shot against them. Yeah, uh, which you know, I, nowhere in it did it say anything about them. No. But yeah, okay, I, I see people <laughs> hashtagging Nuggetgate in the in the comment section right now. So yeah, well, they, I didn't know, know I didn't know the I didn't know the vegans chicken nuggets. I didn't know the vegans were as sensitive as the Muslims that attacked well, our page. <laughs> right, right, and that's that's the thing. That's the thing is it wasn't even didn't even at no point did, did it even address that. Yeah. Uh, I've been very pro vegan to anybody that's that's ever actually had a conversation. We we've had yeah. Jason Merkley of Vegan GMO on the show before. And I readily, I have people message me all the time. What are your stance on veganism? Yeah, I, if I could put down a fucking cheeseburger, I would go vegan. But uh, but people lost their cheeseburger? shit over the nuggets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, wow. so so he so he got taken down over nuggets. You <laughs> had a slightly different story. Yeah. Well, I tell people we we were being. T- this is the third time we were taken down. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Okay. So I tell people Jesus died and was res- resurrected once. We died and came back three times. So, <laughs> atheist Republic, checkmate atheists on that one. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, to be fair to Facebook, it's really hard to review every report, especially mm-hmm. if you're this big as Facebook is. Yeah. Right. So they do rely on automated reports. And to give credit to these Muslims that reported us, they are pretty freaking organized, right? They have well, they, they have, have groups they, of tens of thousands. They have templates. Of them they have templates for what to do. They have pictures. You click on this and make sure you all same reported for the same thing, or else if the reports are too diverse, Facebook is not going to take it seriously. So, like I said, then click on follow this link, click this, click this, and they have and it's in Bangladesh, right? And I think 
And what, you know, there's actually a very detailed uh, reporting. Somebody went into the group and you know did a really good job at documenting what they do. And it seems it seems pretty funded, right? And whoever's funding it, probably maybe Saudi Arabia or somewhere or something like that. But whoever's funding these, they picked a good country because Bangladesh is very cheap to hire people, right? Mm -hmm. But you have these people that are managing it, which they're probably hired. But the tens of thousands of people that are listening to them, they're not. They're, they they just think that they're doing their religious duty, but by fighting anti-Islam Islamic content online, right? So they are they have groups, secret groups, and they tell people like this page needs to be taken down. You know, fight for Allah, take this page down, right? And just <laughs> fight for Allah on Facebook. On Facebook, <laughs> like, right? This is you're this is doing God's work. Uh, God's I'm sure work. that's that's in one of the hadiths, I think. Yeah, this online online jihad. <laughs> but but the thing is that it always backfires. I, I want them to note that every time we come back, our fan base jumps a lot. Like we get so many people that would have no, not known about us um, if it wasn't for the news coverage and the attention that we got from the fact that we were taken down, right? So they come, please come, do it again. I mean, it seems like... But no, just do it to us. Don't do it to smaller pages. And this is here's the problem with this. Okay, so it did it for them. It did backfire every time. But there's a lot of smaller pages that have went down and never got back up because they didn't have as loud of a voice as we did, right? So I, if anybody is listening to this, and I want to, I want this, I want to make this offer that. If smaller pages, because we don't want the world to just be you guys and Atheist Republic and, you know, big groups like Ex-Muslims of North America and Councils of, Council of Ex-Muslims of Great Britain. These are really good groups that have done a lot, but we want to also make room for new activists, right? And if you have a page that just got to 5,000 and you feel so encouraged and all of a sudden it's taken down, this is basically, you get so demotivated, you're going to give up. You, you basically, these are people that were future activists that were defeated, and now they're so discouraged to ever try again. They worked so hard to get to 5,000, right? So if your page gets taken down for no good reasons, if you're, if you're being racist, well, fuck you, right? Mm -hmm. But if you, yeah. were, if you were, your page was being taken down um, and unjustly, please come to us um, and you know, you know, Atheist Republic gets too many messages and notifications to notice most of the messages. Right. So maybe come to me on Twitter personally um, at Armin Avobi. So um, and and tell tell me that your page was taken down, and we'll try to bring more attention to it. Right? No promises. Don't tell me, oh, our page was never. You promised us to bring our page <laughs> back, and and our page didn't come back. No, what I promise is one. We'll bring attention to the fact that your page was taken down. And two, if you don't get your page back and you make a new page, um, put some content on it and we'll share it from your page to Atheist Republic so it gets some momentum. So, um, and, and I, I mean, I could say the same for, same for me because I, I have, I don't know how many pages. I, I have at, at least 10, uh, at least 10 different ones I run with probably over 2 million total followers across them all so uh there's that and then, then there's also i think it's important to get involved in actual 
the groups, not the pages on Facebook, but the groups yes. that are in there. So you have some sense of community. So you have that backing that way because whenever uh whenever i got taken down for for chicken fucking nuggets uh i think i, I started a i restarted a pages i had no idea it, it said you have this one appeal and if you don't win the appeal you're gone forever so i'm sitting there i'm deleting anything in the last month that i posted that's has anything to do with islam anything to do with race anything i feel that's like right. facebook's anything. gone gone a little uh regressive which was the topic of another podcast uh, anything that was even slightly crit- critical of uh, I, I don't left. think that matters. I think it because I w- my personal Facebook page was taken down once for nudity, and <laughs> well, we were I fu- guess I have to pay better attention. To we were fully clothed. Okay, it was me and my uh, wife. But so I think <laughs> when it comes to mass reporting, it really doesn't matter. This is okay, mm. and oh, I, 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 I'm glad I didn't forget to mention this. This is why the ex-presidents of North America, they started a petition for pages like ours and theirs and yours that gets taken down often. And if you want to search for that petition, you could use the hash, you could search for the hashtag um, let ex-Muslims speak. And basically in this petition, they're trying to reach out to Facebook and say, it should be on their website somewhere, but and they're trying to say like, when you notice that there are some pages being taken attacked unjustly and are already being taken down and come back, and you know what you could do. We understand that you don't have the resources to check all the reports, but the suggestion is to add some groups that are sensitive like this to a whitelist and not not make them immune from being taken down. Not that, but once the reporting triggers and on publishing, then for those pages, get a human. Um, and to come and actually check if this was justified or not, right? And, and I think that's a very good suggestion that they're making, right? Um, I mean, Facebook keeps on trying to act like they are the, you know... Give the, a shit? <laughs> I mean, the... No, the new, no? The f- <laughs> okay, the, sorry. The f- <laughs> no, the force... I'm not happy with Zuckerberg right now if... Uh, Why? Well, how come so? Um, I... We can, we can maybe... I might have three... I, personal accounts right now or there i'm i know of <clears throat> i know of th- somebody with uh three personal Some accounts dude. right now yeah. uh that are uh unable to post or do anything right now because of uh, one of them uh what was uh, a post about uh uh islam and we can talk about this off of there like what page that was on i think you might appreciate it uh, but i don't publicly own it but yeah i'm I, yeah so you know and these and here's the thing though these fucking nazis they're going to make the reaction to people like us even more, right? Because right. people and are going to demand. People are going to demand more. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's something I don't understand. How how we with people like you, me, and others that get taken down or get post deleted or can't post. Like I couldn't in the throughout the month of June, I could not post a link for anything because su- supposedly the reason they gave was I was posting fake news, which I have to assume it, I had just posted a bunch of, uh, it's anti- or like pro vax, uh, vaccine. Yeah, stuff, you had so the I anti-vaxxers there. They I get it from, oh, from all sides. Yeah. yeah. And, and so right, these anti-vaxxers right, are dangerous. Well, you know, do you, you know, I wish they, well, it's a religion. Yeah. It's yeah, a religion. It's and very religions harmful are religion. inherently da- dangerous. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know where I was going with that, but no, but but but, but like but, it's but I, it's 
but oh yeah like people like people like milo and whoever that i don't follow these people that closely because they are horrible people but i don't understand how these groups and these people who say just the worst shit even if it's not being said on facebook i don't understand how they are able to get away with this stuff and as target as like you want to fucking punch a nazi well you they're probably more effective to mass report them if that's that's really your goal is to is <laughs> yeah. to is well, to shut them well, off the like is, you can actually but you have to put yourself in position of facebook and youtube i mean google in general is that they are they they need to worry about their funding right and right. their sponsors will pull out if they have like videos of nazis you know and they're 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 basically getting paid from nazi content right so their sponsor were like, I don't want to have anything to do with that if you're not if you're not going to be careful about these things, right? And YouTube and Facebook they rather overshoot than under because you know the damage from you know people like us being taken down the damage to them is very little, right? But mm-hmm. the damage from a big sponsor all of a sudden pulling out of Facebook or Google because they say like I don't want to be associated with a place that allows fucking Nazis to promote their shit, right? That's a big cost to them, right? So they would rather be, you know, over, overdo it than underdo it. And this is why content, people like us, where people, when we, we're talking in, in this area that people need to listen to us. It's not that black and white as people think. People have to, you know, it's because we're talking with nuance, people could take us out of context and make us sound racist or make us sound like we're uh, this and that. And, you know, but our fan base that actually listens to us in its entirety, they, they know what we're saying and they know that we're not biggest, that we, you know, that we know that we're fighting for uh, human human rights and humanitarian values. So, uh, humanist values. So, this is why the, the next wave, so the first, the wave of social media was a really good thing for, for people like us. Because, I mean, as much as we complain about Facebook, we wouldn't have this big, this large right. amount of ideas if it wasn't for Facebook, right? So thank you, Facebook. But we need to also start looking beyond them, right? Because we need to start making a new wave of content providing, uh, providing content. And that's a way for people to be independent from Facebook and Google um, and other platforms for people to be able to come to us directly and nobody could take our audience away from us. And this is independent, you know, independent play. And podcasting is one of the first um, and most effective ways of doing that, right? Because once you have a feed, nobody can take that feed away from you, right? Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's the importance of creating content and being able to spread a message and, re- like, reach as much of an audience as possible and finding all these different ways to do it. And And obviously that's been something that, you know, you and Dan have both been really successful at. And I know you both likely have received a lot of different messages from people saying thank you for what you do because it is it is important to right. put all of this out into the world. So, so actually, can I tell you about my next project? Yeah, because okay. yeah, we, would, we would love to hear what you're like right. up to next and then where people can find all of your work. So, so. an Atheist Republic, if you, when you go to our website, there's usually this, on almost every page, there's this green button where you can click and you can record your audio, right? So what we're doing is that we're giving the po- making a podcast called Atheist Republic Voicemails. And what it is, is a podcast with no hosts, except everybody gets to be a host. So we're giving atheists all around the world a chance to leave a voicemail and 
the podcast will just basically be messages from one atheist and then another message from another atheist, one maybe from Pakistan, another from Philippines, then another one from Bangladesh, then one from Russia. And this is just going to be atheist voices from all, the, and all around the world. And this is basically just being true to the fact that we consider ourselves a republic, like we don't want to control things. This is, atheist republic is just to mean be a platform where it gives a voice to atheists everywhere. And so we thought, how better to do that than to make the Atheist Republic podcast not a podcast with us talking to people, but a podcast where people get so easily to have an audience. Like, we will give you the audience that you don't have. Like, we, your voice will basically make it louder. Just leave a voicemail, and we'll select the voicemails, and we'll just put it in, and that, that's our podcast. So that's going to be Atheist Republic voicemails, and right now we're collecting voicemails. So if, you're, if you want to leave a voicemail, just go to atheistrepublic.com and leave a voicemail there. Well, that that sounds like a really cool that's project. Really cool. That's just like a collaborative, collective podcast, and yeah. and yeah, just to give to give people voices um, and reach your audience. So that's that's a really really cool idea. So yeah. I mean, we like we've loved having you on talking to us tonight, and I'm guessing we'll probably invite you back sometime because there are probably so many different conversations that we could have about different topics. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we but, need to talk more about chicken nuggets too. So <laughs> so, so many things. I'm hungry. So now. so for right, I know Dan's, Dan's making everybody hungry. So where to to like wrap up? Where can people find you on on the internet? Well, you can find Atheist Republic on atheistrepublic.com. And over there, we link to our Facebook page, our Google+, our Twitter, and Instagram, every, like, everything you can find on atheistrepublic.com. And you can also support Atheist Republic by going to atheistrepublic.com. Um, you can find the secular jihadists from the Middle East by just, I mean, on any um, device, that any app that gets podcasts, you could, get, you could find secular jihadists from the Middle East. So... Um, iTunes, um, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Google Music, we're everywhere. Um, and please, if you like us, leave us a review and leave this podcast a review as well and share it with other, your fellow heathens. And you could find me uh, personally on Twitter on, um, and my handle is at Armin Navabi. Thank you. And thank you so much for doing this with us tonight. And yeah. we will share this all over when it's, you know, all done and yeah, it's about thank that you. time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, let me know so i can share it with our uh, our aces republic this was really fun by the way thank you for having me yeah thank you <laughs> thank you for coming <laughs> how we can't I, I came across it i don't know how or where or or why no explanation needed because i have to say you you sent this to me and, I, and scrolling through it it's really really satisfying i mean i clicked on the link and i see two cups of yogurt with the you know like the top peeled off and there's no there's no yogurt stuck to the top it's just a perfect peel and that's never happened to me in my life. So I'm really glad that somebody did this, took a picture, put it on Reddit, because this is the world that we live in. I mean, who needs flying cars when you have pictures of yogurt with pristine 
peeled lids. You know, this is 2017. We are in the future and we can right, share this stuff with right. each other. And we, we, yeah. we have the technology. The the top <laughs> top post of all time is 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 great because you don't it looks like it's obviously been peeled off before, so you're thinking, well, this is this is fake, this is staged. And so of course he peels it off, and this is a video, he guy peels it off and then he zooms in, and in the reflection of the screen that the screen's turned off, uh, is a computer screen and it says send nudes, and I just love that so much. Because of course. Because oh, of wait! Course. Did you see? Did did you see the one that's the um, somebody who's it says frosted tips, and it's somebody getting their hair like I guess the tips of their hair bleached or something, and he pulls off a cap, and it's all these just I mean it looks it looks hideous. I don't know why someone would do this to them to their hair, but again, it's a very satisfying video to watch. I see. It, it, I can his, just fucking his hair off. looks like a cactus. It really does. It look. It looks terrible. It looks absolutely awful. So don't. Nobody should do this. But I. But I will watch this because to watch it is pretty satisfying. I mean the 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 hair. To be fair to him, he's having his hair okay. done, so nobody looks good. Like in that's the mid Haircut mid, okay. mid coloring. So maybe that's not the desired effect. Okay. But he Let's, looks like yeah. his head's a cactus. And maybe yeah. that is what he wanted. I don't. I don't maybe know. that's the look. I don't know, but, but there's, I um, there's a, a somebody pulling uh, latex paint out of a bucket. That's that latex paint that's dried out of a bucket, and it comes out perfectly in 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 one piece, and the inside of the bucket's clean. Uh, there is also the Nintendo uh, NES uh, Advantage controller pad, so it is enormous, and it has what appears to be the original plastic. That was on it being peeled off, and underneath it reveals plastic that's never been touched by human hands. And on a device that that's that's this old, that's just outstanding. Uh, of course, we have the the dryer lint, the filter on on your on your dryer. Somebody's pulling it that, off, and it comes yeah. off all in one piece. I love that. I that that is that's a very a simple pleasure of mine. And now I just I want to peel some film off of something. Like, don't I, you want to just I, go buy something and peel a piece of plastic <laughs> off of do something? Do I want to go buy something? Yes, always. Yeah, I yes. To, I mean, that, I the answer to that is probably always yes. Yeah. See, now I'm watching somebody pull a stencil off of a handicapped symbol in a parking lot. And again, they, these are all these are all very satisfying to watch. So I appreciate you you sending this to me. And deciding last Again, minute that this is why we love the internet. I don't know how I found it. I, I don't know but. how you find anything on the internet. I mean, you know every corner of the internet for better or for worse. You you know it all. So thanks. Thanks for bringing this. I don't true. Okay, fine. There's still worlds to be discovered. And you will you will traverse <laughs> all corners and be a real internet explorer. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you say so. It's what I but said. If you made it, so. <laughs> and if you made it this far into the show, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed listening, uh, leave us a, a 
preferably five-star rating, but you have rating autonomy on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to us. You can reach us at podcast at com. full archive at scienceenthusiastpodcast.com. Follow Natalie's. It still says new page in the Google Doc. It's not a new it's page. Not it's not new it's anymore. It's an old page. Uh, yeah. because we have other pages now so now it, it has it's become the grandpa of pages uh <laughs> skeptical parenting or myself a science enthusiast uh, and if you really 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 enjoy the show check out our patreon at patreon.com slash tse podcast and we'll give you access to early editions of the show no ads in the show and you know you're you're helping us uh do things like go to conferences and other stuff i guess in places like natalie is going to be going to qed because of listener support yeah to to promote her movie science moms and uh also to promote our podcast at least Mm -hmm. that's what the contract uh that we agreed upon in the last business meeting that we had said if not narrow or straight llc is going to to cover that i have i agree i officially agree (laughs) to promote the shit out of this podcast so but that we is, also I, have to. That's what I do. And we also have to thank our or patron sponsors. I guess one and the same. Uh, yeah. Trevor, Nathan, Alice, Cynthia, Michael, Lizzie in the lab, Magnus of Hannah, Felix, Chris, another Michael, another Michael, Joe, Sarah, and Josue. Joe, I believe, is a new patron this week. But then also, mm-hmm. I realized I've never thanked the uh, patrons on my. Uh, the a science enthusiast uh, patreon page and all 50 60 of them i don't know exactly how many but uh mm-hmm. we we got to thank sally and christine and so hannah again again two time amanda random rhino matilda joseph rebecca chris franklin mike tiffany tim bill riney Rini, riney i'm sorry whatever it is uh emily tiffany diane gay michael jalil katya jeff mikey Thomas, Norbert, Chris, Chris, Jason, Monica, Lou, Carly, Shelby, Don, Shady, Allie, Kevin, Juliana, John, Mark, Mark, two Marks, Alex, Angelica, Leanne, Charlie, oh my gosh, Geraldine, <laughs> Jennifer, Fiona, Peggy, William, and Joshua. You guys all rock. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Natalie, hit us with a quote. All right. This quote is from our friend and friend of the show, Faisal Saeed Al-Mutar. You can't be a bigot against an ideology. Bigotry is against people, not ideas. If an idea can't stand up to scrutiny, logic, or reason, it shouldn't be upheld at all. So, Good quote. Good quote, Faisal. All right, so um, we'll be back again sometime <laughs> next week, whenever. With um, We're going to finally air that uh, interview we did with Mary Mengen back. Gosh, when, when did we do that? I feel like that was a... That definitely feels like a lifetime ago ago for me. Month ago, um, maybe. Talking about Science March stuff and all of that. So, um, but it's a great, great interview. She's awesome. So we will bring that to you guys next time we do this thing. Absolutely. So yeah. Thanks for listening. Good talk. Good talk. Hands in. Go team. Go team. And then let's hang up. Um, That's a wrap. Right. Oh my god! Don't, don't, just no, no. People don't say that. The music you heard tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com.
This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight LLC, all rights reserved.